What's good, fam? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. It has creation tools to help you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or from your computer. Anchor will even help distribute your podcast to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Everything you need to make a podcast, it's all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You got to allow them to have the moment. When Keisha's ready to talk about something, she just starts talking about the thing. And I'm like, I don't even... This is from three weeks ago. I don't even Listen, know. It's been building up for all the three weeks. I generally, I don't like confrontation. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. most things I just take, I absorb it and we continue to move on. But then there's always the point where it's like, all right, bro. The interesting thing, <laughs> one of the, what you were in, the most interesting piece for me about what you just said is the, the conversation around what is too far. And I don't even think we had that conversation because I don't, I didn't think we needed to because I, it's never come to where I disrespect. I never called out her name, never, never put my hands on her, Mm-mm. never insinuated that I was going to do that. And I thought that was enough. Like, thought, don't, like, mm-hmm. don't do that. And you're cool. But we never talked about other than that, which were the understood things. Like, like what's respect too far in the argument. Like, I remember, like, if he's watching the TV and I'm trying to talk to him. World War Three is about to happen. Like, can you just no, <laughs> look at me? Well, see, but let's be clear: the World War Three is all on you. I'm I just, I'm, I, I was just gonna keep looking at the TV because what I'm not gonna do is be yelling and screaming and miss my show. Even not yelling, stop! You sickness and health, riches and broke. Yeah, yeah, healthy marriages go. Let's work in our dreams. Let's heal through our growth. Yeah, yeah, healthy marriages. Welcome to the Healthy Marriages Dope Podcast. This is a podcast where we discuss all things marriage, specifically our marriage, because that's what we're the authority on. We give you some of the experiences that we've had in hopes that it will help you think through some of the exchanges or some of the situations in your relationship. And that's what this is about. I'm one of your hosts, Derek Johns. I'm Keisha. Listen, you gave your last name this time. I gave my full government last time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. just gave the last time. Eventually, we'll get it right. Eventually, we'll get it right. We look different today. If you're on the audio experience, again, always listen to the audio first and then look at the YouTube. That's the best way to digest all of this content. But if you're on the audio experience, just know that we look different today. We always say that we are not professionals. We are not licensed. However, in this split screen, you will notice that there is someone else. We have licensed marriage and family therapist, LMFT, <laughs> Nicole Ward, joining the show. Nicole, thank you for gracing the show. How are you? I'm well. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. We yes. are going to, we are going to, we get, need you. <laughs> we're going to get all that we can out of you um, in this hour that you have afforded us. But we always like to get started with some small talk. And I think the uh, the small talk is is with you today, right? It is with me. Yeah. Do What's going on share? with you? Okay, I'm on the struggle bus today, y'all. <clears throat> Yesterday, I went and got my first shot. Y'all know we don't really discuss here or there. What you want to do is what you want to do. But I'm going to visit my best friend, and she just had a newborn. So for our family, I decided to go ahead and protect all those around us. So I'm struggling today, like... 
head and I'm nauseous and all that, but. But you got a good face on. Your face is beat. You say say beat to the guards. Yes, I'm trying to be lively. Mm. (laughs) What about you? It's a busy week. A lot of uh, a lot of podcast activity. Clearly, what we're doing right now. It's a busy week at work. We're going through a government audit. Uh, my company is also being acquired, so I am one of the uh, individuals that gets tapped on for a lot of information to support that. So all of this is awesome, leading up into the Christmas holiday, where you would think that the year is slowing down, but um, it's See not. That. But you know, God is the greatest. We're still getting through it. <laughs> And enough about us, Nicole, what's going on with you? How is your week? How is life in the LMFT world? Mm-hmm. <laughs> busy, 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 because uh, therapists have personal lives too. So everything mm-hmm. just kind of converged this week. I told my husband that I looked up and was like, oh, it's only Wednesday. Yeah. This week has felt really, really long, but mm-hmm. good. I'm so grateful, you know, thankful that I can even complain about that. So. Yeah. How do you, how do you, decompress like how do you get out of that that go mode of therapy mm-hmm. you know what's interesting uh same things that other people do there's a little bit of escapism in there with watching tv mm-hmm. there's uh yoga there's meditation uh for me there's prayer just being able to just kind of recenter myself making sure i get outside at least once a day that's really a big reset yeah um I'm from California, but now live in Virginia, so it is icy cold in the in the mornings here. Um, so having to, you know, just kind of still getting used to that is my second winter or late fall winter here. But yeah, yeah that, that's kind of how I decompress. Just the same thing as I recommend to clients, I do myself. So we're from Virginia too, yeah. and we're now oh. in uh, the Dallas Fort Worth area of Texas. And I thought we were escaping the seasons. But we had this snowmageddon <laughs> blizzard earlier this year that just threw everything for a loop. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that was the end of it. They say it happens like once every 20 or 30 years. Listen. So I hope that was the extent of it. But I don't miss, I love Virginia, Virginia's home. Love the people there. I don't miss the seasons at all. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't need them. I don't need them at all. <laughs> One question before we hop into it. Um, you talked about how you decompress, but who, who, who does the therapist go to? Cause you're a person too, and people have problems, right? <laughs> so all the problems are, are, are normally aimed at you or for some response. Who, who does the therapist go to? A therapist, uh, oh, you know, that I, 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 I recommend that therapists have therapists. I have my own therapist when I used to supervise interns. Um, that was not a requirement, but it was definitely a recommendation because we can't come home and just fill out our day. Yeah. So you want to be able to have a space where you're making sure that you're able to be caring for yourself. And it's also a good experience to know what the clients are feeling when you're able to be a client yourself. So being able to have that outlet is really, really important. You have to keep yourself fine tuned if you're working with with other human beings. Yeah. You got to be your best self so you can help others. I got, I imagine that's very taxing. All right. Um, you want to jump right into the first We'll get right topic. into it. So first of all, uh, trigger alert, we got problems. <laughs> we got problems. This, this podcast is not about us telling people how to be by any stretch. As we mentioned, it's just as we go through things. So we have five children yeah, uh, from ages seven to 18 now, kind of spread, spread out. Um, in every stage of in life. Every in every stage mm-hmm. of life. And they all, have, they all need Jesus at every stage. <laughs> um. You know, things that, you know, we, we figured out, we, we lived abroad, you know, I, for me, my career has kind of taken um, 
taking a priority, unfortunately, and in hindsight, you know, I'm, I come to the realization now about the importance of work family balance, but, uh, you know, I've made some choices that, you know, professionally that I thought would further us financially. And then we suffered, you know, um, as a family because of it, but we're at a point now where we're pretty much on the same page about a lot of stuff. And we're just kind of recalling some of these struggles. Um, because if you're not aware of them, they kind of resurface if you don't address them. And one of the ones, is, as, as I mentioned, as we were exchanging emails is, I don't know if it was episode, what it was a few episodes back. Like 14 or 15, um, something like that. We were having a conversation and the postpartum effect came up. Hmm. And we never talked about it. Well, not even effect, like the depression of it. Well, I was, see, that there's a <laughs> there's a distinction right there yes. because I think I played it down not intentionally, but I I just wasn't aware. Again, I was you know I felt like a lot of pressure was on me to sustain the house. We were down to one income, and you know we we kind of just pushed through it, but looked up seven years later and realized. But we, also, also, babe, but, he said that he thought the hard work was done in the delivery room. I not realizing that. that all of the changes that would happen to me afterwards. And so he may have seen the changes as, I don't know, attitude or I don't know how you yeah. received it, but I was just trying to exist. <laughs> yeah. So don't judge me yet. Don't judge me yet. I was very ignorant and, and now I'm less ignorant most days. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, I never saw my wife struggle with the pregnancy. Like she's a trooper. We literally went to the hospital when she was ready to have a baby and she had a baby. Then we went home, right? And then life kind of continued, but we never addressed it. And I know communication is a theme with all, with all problems. They kind of, it's kind of the, 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 the thread to them. But I think this is deeper than communication. And we want to get your opinion. We're going to stop talking. And, <laughs> and I know you can't give us specifics about, uh, you know, certain cases and things like that, but I would like to imagine you've, you have a little bit of experience talking through some of these things and we want to use this opportunity to kind of help us and help, you know, our listening audience. Well, I, again, I think that is really important that you were able to even open up and share about it and for it to be something that you talk about, even if it is seven or 18 years later, because postpartum depression is something that actually doesn't really get spoken about and not just between couples, but when I was like doing a little bit of research because I wanted to have some statistics just so that you can have some some information, it doesn't necessarily even get talked about in the prenatal classes or in the doctor's appointment. So there's women, one in eight women actually have postpartum depression or the symptoms and only 50% actually get treatment. And wow. of that, there's only maybe like one in five who actually were asked during any of their prenatal checkups about depression, because it's not something that just, just appears. You can actually kind of see it building. It can start during pregnancy. And unfortunately, people, when they're giving birth, it is like, okay, you're a soldier, you're going on, you're doing all these things. So that just makes it more difficult to say, you know what, I'm struggling. This right. isn't baby blues. I'm actually withdrawing like I don't want to even see you right now which is different than oh I'm tired I'm cranky mm -hmm. so is it is there a distinction between that depression brought on by postpartum or is depression kind of depression 
So the, the distinction is depression it, now is not necessarily even referred to as postpartum depression. It's depression that has um, developed as a result of postpartum. So it's a form of major depressive disorder. And really wanting to clarify that because sometimes people are like, oh, you know, I've never had depression before. So that means I won't you know, end up with postpartum depression, but you, you might. And it's not a testament to how weak or how strong a person is. It's just how they're experiencing the aftermath of birth or even right up to giving birth. Because sometimes it develops, not the postpartum part, but sometimes the depression actually develops before you're giving birth. And it could be a lot of things, especially in Black women, when we hear about the statistics Right. You go into that delivery room fearing that you just want to come out alive with a healthy baby that puts stress and anxiety on you. And if you're not dumping that out somewhere or talking to your friends or other family members, you're carrying that. And yeah. so once the baby is here and that hormone drop, it just becomes a perfect storm. Also, I want to know if this could be something that's like cumulative and adds to like anxiety because I remember after we had Imani and we bought number two, we bought a house, like all of these wonderful things were happening. I started having anxiety attacks. Like I had to go to the ER because of anxiety attacks. So I feel like maybe some of that was postpartum. Like I couldn't understand why, like I'm in a joyful place. Why am I feeling like this? Well, and, and that's the thing is that it has nothing to do with actually what your particular situations or circumstances are. Stress is stress. So we have things that are good stress, like buying a home, moving, having a child. Those are considered good stress. However, when we look at our stress bucket, there's only one bucket that everything is going into. So those good things are going in with the things that don't feel so good either. And it's just collecting. And if you don't dump that bucket out, mm it's going to show up and having somatic symptoms. So some of the things that come along with that racing heart rate, right? Higher blood pressure, feeling nauseous. That's just your body's way of saying, Hey, you know, I have too much going on. And actually that's how some postpartum even symptoms present in black women and unfortunately get missed. So it's like, mm -hmm. Oh, that's not depression. You're just not feeling well, mm -hmm. but it's that your body, our bodies and mind are linked. So your body is telling you what your mind is experiencing. Wow. So I think my challenge is that I tend to oversimplify things based mm -hmm. on my perspective of it. Like I didn't need, as you were talking about the pressure and the stress is leading up to it because Keisha, my wife put on, and I don't even know. So was that, were you putting on like during that time? Because I, I really didn't, I mean, of course there were just, there was discomfort, you know, there were cramps and things like that, but I don't have the sensationalized. My wife turned into a monster story no. at, at any point, whether it was giving birth or getting married. So I clearly, I didn't read the room. Right. But <laughs> like, I made it a point though, to be strong, quote unquote, mm -hmm. because my first pregnancy, one of my supervisors was like, just because you're pregnant doesn't mean you're going to get special treatment. And I took that and I said, okay, I'm pregnant. This is fine. I'm going to act like I'm normal. And I just did that every single time because so, it's, it was unfair for me to expect special treatment just because I was, you know, everybody has babies, right? Yeah. That was the, everybody has babies kind of thing. So how, in your experience, 
trying to figure out the, the right way to ask it without being invasive. Like, am I the typical man? Do you, have you had this conversation with a couple before? Is it, is it, I would imagine it's the woman in most cases talking through these things, but have you had a conversation with men about this before? What, what, what are some of the, the themes that, that are coming that you can extract from those conversations again, without saying too much? No, I mean, I'm going to highlight again that you guys are having this conversation together to share the experience. What happens with couples a lot of times is that because you are in the relationship together, there's an assumption that your realities are the same and they're not, right? And it's only through communication that you, you see and you hear those. So it's not about being like a typical man or that men are just oblivious. Because sometimes you'll, you'll even notice things are a little off, but, you know, as you mentioned, your supervisor gave you that message of, oh, you're not getting any special treatment, which, okay, sure. For those who, you know, choose to have children, it's a natural state for the body, but it's also a stressful state. And so your pregnant self is not the same as your non-pregnant self. And you want to honor that. It's not about special treatment. It's just about showing up like how you can. And so right there, that messaging, I see where that struggle came in. So it's not even for you necessarily to read the room, right? Where it's like, okay, I'm just going to push through this. You know, people have babies. Let me not complain. If there's something wrong, then that must be me. And this is the problem, right? It just perpetuates. It's actually a stereotype of like the jolly pregnant person, right? Like this is kind of how it is back in the seventies, women had the bows around their neck and all the flowers as far as the maternity clothes to keep like almost like a facade up that you couldn't talk about being uncomfortable. You couldn't talk about being afraid, right? And you had to put this face on even for your partner. So Mm -hmm. when I talk about and talk to the the partners, I'm like, ask questions, right? If, If something seems, even if it doesn't seem off, just sit and chat about how the experience is because we're kind of conditioned to that, oh, you know, because it's joyful, let's not talk about any of the things that don't feel that way because now I'm not normal, right? right. If, if there's, you know, if I'm treating this a little bit different, but your pregnant body is different. Your pregnant mind is different. That's freeing. <laughs> it is, um, Wow. I don't know how, I don't, I don't know if this is a great question or it comes across right, but how do you, how do you know you're depressed? Cause I, looking back, I think there were times in my life where I was depressed and it may show up, you know, still from time to time, but I never, I never went to therapy to try to acknowledge it. So again, the way that I read a situation is I feel like it's always on me to get through it. And I, that may be typical man. That may be typical black man but I always feel like it's on me to get through it. So I, I have that expectation of other people and I know it's wrong, but I don't, like, I don't know that I was, I was never diagnosed, but how do you, do you get, conver- do you have conversations with people and, and it's a revelation to them, you telling them, hey, you're depressed. Like, what does that look like? Yes, and the conversation typically goes like this, where I'm like, hmm, have you ever thought about that you might be experiencing depression? And again, it's because of how people think the depression looks, right? Like sometimes we'll see the commercials and it's typically a woman 
in like a gray sweater and the house is dark and mm -hmm. just kind of like slinking around, not really moving. And then the medication, whatever is being advertised for, and then now it's bright, right? And so people will say, oh, okay, well, that's not me because I'm still going to work. I'm still caring for my kids. I'm still caring for my family, right? I have my provider hat on. I'm, I'm out there hustling and I'm not on the couch, so I can't be depressed. That's not true, right? Because if you look at what's going on for you in the inside where you're crumbling, you feel it, you feel the struggle, right? You, you don't want to really connect with anybody. That's that withdrawal. You feel isolated. Things that you used to enjoy, you don't enjoy anymore. And that's one of the ones that actually is a criteria for depression, which is loss of interest and in things that you once found pleasurable. So many times people focus on, oh, well, I'm not really sad. And it's like, well, depression is different than sadness. Sadness we're going to move through, right? Depression is just this heavy feeling of no matter what's going on around you, that you still feel it. Even if you're functioning, right, and doing the movements when you're at home or just even internally, you know that you're thinking is, is something that, you know, sometimes people describe it as a thinking or even like a shadow. There's like a shadow that's following you around. Ciao. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot to take in in real time um i, I can take think a, of, take a breath <laughs> yeah yeah ooh, 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 ooh. i can think of very specific periods where i would leave work and just figure out anything else to do other than go home because i just mm -hmm. i did i wanted to be isolated and i i thought it was just me decompressing like decompressing and i I think there's a, a place for that. Like if you got a stressful job, maybe maybe there needs to be a pause between leaving work and walking in the door. But that was, I mean, that were times I was just, I would, where else can I go? What what in Lowe's can I go look at today for three hours? Because mm -hmm. I did, I just didn't want to go home and never addressing it. Meanwhile, I got three kids screaming at me. <laughs> how you know? How you know it was that period? Because I know. Don't, don't don't try to know me on this I podcast. I be knowing. Don't try to know me on this podcast in front of this uh, LMFT. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and it, and it's I've recently, probably within the last year, have been started becoming very aware of myself, and it's an ugly process because it's like coming to grips with some things that I just like I was just dead wrong, and it wasn't necessarily aggressive or intending to hurt, but I just wasn't I wasn't showing up. And I wonder if that was depression, but I just, I don't know. I, I never, I, I believe in therapy. <laughs> I never wanted to be the guy that needed therapy, if that huh. makes any sense. Um, yes. I mean, what do you, what do you, you went back to that period mm -hmm. very quickly. What was it? What was it like on the other side? Or, or were you dealing with it too? Yeah, dealing with it too. Are you talking about with you? Yeah, you, I mean, because you went to the period when we had three kids, which yes. is wildly accurate. I don't like it's it, but it's very wildly accurate. accurate because mm -hmm. I don't feel like you think I know you or I sense you. Mm -hmm. I've explained to you multiple times, I can feel your energy. Like I feel what's happening. And even if I don't say anything, does not mean I don't notice. Mm. I notice. So what, what have you seen, um, Nicole, in, in terms of the progression when folks aren't having this conversation early enough? What does it look like when they're coming to you with the, with the SOS, like trying to save our marriage, save our relationship. How, how, how does it progress and how quickly in your experience? 
Well, it, it depends on the relationship. That's one of the things that I share with people is that their relationship, their marriage is theirs, and I can't save it. And that can be distressing to, to hear, but it's not my place to save or to mm. even say, you know, this is going to work, this isn't going to work in terms of your relationship. It's what you're willing to pour into it and what you're also willing to expose, which does not feel good, right? So it's something that you have to be willing to get through those messy parts, those painful parts, and to be able to both share a vision of what you want your relationship to be. And remembering that you actually are defining these terms and, and right, and, and honoring wherever you're at. Because I've heard that before, too, even with couples, the couples and individuals where I don't ever want to go to therapy. I don't want to need therapy. And it's looking at therapy differently, right? So some of us might not look like going to the gym, but it's something that we do to keep ourselves physically fit. Mm-hmm. Looking at therapy as this is a tool to keep yourself mentally fit for your relationship to keep your relationship fit. You don't have to wait for something to feel like it's gone wrong or even to be an SOS. You can just say, oh, I want I want to make sure that we know what to do when we hit when, not if, when we hit these moments. That's all amazing. I feel like this is, um, it could be a jumping off point for all of the other things that we want to talk about, mm-hmm. like unaffective communication, it affecting your intimacy. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it's all in the same bubble, kind of. It is. Okay. Yeah, we 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 got to a point where um we were essentially roommates, right? And I was, was the nanny. Yeah, <laughs> nanny provider. I mean, it was and it I don't know what I don't know what specifically changed. And we just came to a point where it was well, a lot of things happened, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm f- for so long. I was so comfortable with not addressing stuff because if I didn't address it, I'm not accountable to the conversation, the reaction or what I need to do to fix it. What, what are some other than just talking, like what are some of the things that you've researched, you've recommended, or you're aware of to start breaking that ice to start working back toward a good place. Cause I think it was, it was a lot of, well, if you're not going to say nothing, I'm not going to say nothing. We both, we, we, <laughs> there was a time where we could out petty each other. Mm-hmm. Like that was the, that was the thing. We you want to be silent? Yeah. Great. I'm, Let's do it. I am the king of, I didn't say anything. So I didn't say anything. Right. Um, but like, what, what are some of the exercises, some of the tools that you that you're aware of to kind of start helping people work back toward a more healthy place. Well, you two actually just uh, spoke about two of them, which is number one, you have to be aware of it. Right, you have to be aware, and you have to be willing to acknowledge. So without those two, you're not going to really go very far. So having that awareness is one. Right. And sometimes that acknowledgement part, especially when it's to your partner, might take a little bit longer. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to actually say there were two of you recognizing like, OK, we were matching each other's petty. All right. Well, that can be a stress. You're matching each other. Let's take out the petty. Yes. OK. <laughs> now, I don't, I don't see now you start to be like my wife coming on here solving all our problems in front of the world. I don't know. I don't know if that was the agreement, but that I makes a lot it. of, I guess, perspective. Yes. 
really is everything. I love it. All right, what else you got? All right, we gonna take we gonna take the petty out. We gonna take the petty out tomorrow. I got a little bit more petty left in this episode. We gonna we gonna take that out tomorrow. What else? What else? What else works? Hey, the mirroring and being able to have fun together. I mean, that's something that people don't really think about, especially when you're in long term relationships, especially when you start parenting, is just having some novel moments, right? And it can be something as simple as let's go to a park we've never been to. Let's 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 drive around the city. Right. You know, being able to do these like fun things that you've never done before together. And it doesn't have to be big. A lot of times people are like, oh, I'm waiting for that vacation. You know, we're trying to go to Hawaii. And I'm like, yeah. OK, well, you don't have to keep putting off the fun. Find mm-hmm. something small to do. Find a show that you like to watch together. Do that. We used to do that. We did used to. Yeah, I think I think I, I, um, I flipped the switch where it was like all business because I got this I'm in my head about where we are as a family now we're not it is not the financial struggle or anything like that but I just think we should be so much further ahead I think I should be coming up on retirement I'm 42 I was supposed to do that at 40 and all of these like it's like a lot of my energy I see it as giving us a brighter future and as I'm talking through it I'm realizing that I'm missing I'm missing the nail Man, I don't even, I can't even ask you to solve that one because I just, I just came. But is that like how, how do you stay aware of that? Um, and I'm sure you're going to, it's an individual thing, but I just like, that's my challenge. And even talking through it, I don't know that tomorrow I'm going to be different. <laughs> like I'm, like I'm going to feel different because I, I really believe that, you know, if we go hard five years, the 15 years after that could be really special. Um, Go ahead. And it's, I'm like, it's on what your about face tonight, bro. Yeah, it's on your face. <laughs> what about today? <laughs> yeah. I, I know I do miss a lot of moments. Keisha is real like quirky and silly. And that's who she is. And I knew that. And I think I didn't communicate that I expected her to change. Because mm-hmm. I change. Not that I'm I'm silly at times, but this is who she is. It is not that she hasn't matured as a person, but like that part of her. It's still there. And I'm like, but what about the work though? Fix me, LMFT Nicole. <laughs> Fix me. You two are doing great because you're showing the demonstrate demonstrating that you actually have the answers, right? Yeah. In there, which is um, you know, the 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 roles that we take on and just even your admission where I expected her to change, which that's that's huge. A lot of people don't um admit that. Where, yes, when people get, unfortunately, you know, when people get married, it's, or even in long-term relationships, it's like, okay, how, again, do you want to show up as an individual, unique individual that you are in the relationship that you, too, are creating? And not looking at, okay, well, this is how I'm supposed to be, right? This is how I'm supposed to be as a husband. This is how I'm supposed to be as a wife. And that's really a trap sometimes that people fall into and unfortunately especially black males fall into where it's like okay I have to provide I have to provide and what I ask people because I work with I work with everyone is is that what your partners asked you is that actually their expectation of you or is this a societal expectation that is actually kind of steeped in some stereotypes and some stigma um, and some some challenging things a way of being 
is it that or is this exactly what the two of you are like this is how I want to show up as a husband this is how I want to show up as a wife <laughs> you got it processor that's amazing she ain't gonna keep fixing me and me only. Like, Listen, I'm receiving all of this as well, <laughs> sir. I am receiving too. all of this as well. I don't fix people. So you're this is you coming to these realizations, right? This is this is us having a conversation. Um and and not even therapy. But it really is just looking at these things. And it's pressure. We all put it upon ourselves where it's like, okay, you know, how am I supposed to be in this role? And earlier you even said should, right? And should, I, what I tell clients is it does belong in the English language. It is a word. However, when we apply it to ourselves or when we apply it to others, it is usually attached to some unrealistic expectation. And how I drive it home is unless there is some version of you that has already lived your life in a perfect way, that is waiting at the end that's where should come from that's that person saying oh you should have done this you should have done that that person doesn't exist so you have to figure out how to quiet them and look at what you want and what you need to do mm. all right i need a break that's gold i need a break <laughs> we're going we're, we're to take a quick a quick break we're going to hear from a sponsor and we'll be right back What's good, fam? I hope you're enjoying the episode. Just wanted to take a quick minute to let you know that this and every other episode you've seen thus far is sponsored by us, Johns & Co. LLC. Family company, family of brands. You can check all of it out by clicking the link in the description below. Our primary site for shopping is johnsandcompany.co. Johns, A-N-D-C-O-M-P-A-N-Y.com. C-O, shop with us. We appreciate your viewership or your listenership. If you want to take the support to the next level, consider shopping with us. Tis the season all year round to buy black. Back to the show. Okay. All right. I uh, you good. just did a lap around the neighborhood trying to clear my mind. We're back. Um, <laughs> In this segment, we're going to fix Keisha. Okay. We're not going to fix Keisha. We're going to bring Keisha to some healing. No, I'm playing. Um, I am receiving. Sorry. No, no. It's it's. It, I like I said. I'm 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 on this journey. Um, on this podcast, on the other podcast, and I'm 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 open to it. Um, I think I've made enough mistakes, and by the grace of God, I'm still able and afforded to have a family uh, that is not stressful. That has been the biggest blessing to me so um i'm interested in doing the work enough about that we ain't gonna be just doing all of that not gonna be all seminal on here Uh, but you you mentioned you mentioned that this may be the jumping point that led to some of the other topics that we want to discuss absolutely let's talk about the sex okay the intimacy i oh you're right there we go see there we go here we go about to fix me Ah. again Let's go. You go ahead. Intimacy. Let's talk. Let's hear it. Yeah, I feel like sometimes we get caught up in the physicality, like we're not doing the thing, but it's like, what are we doing to get to the thing? And I think that Hmm. we lose that probably a lot because we have a lot of kids. 
um, but also because of the stressors from your job and all the other things. Mm -hmm. And it's like trying to rev that engine up, like jump back in. It's kind of awkward. So I wanted to know or needed tips, like how do we either stave that off or jumpstart to get it back in? Because it's like cyclical every it's like an ebb and flow i feel like every relationship has it so well before she go i can tell you it's nothing sexy when you broke <laughs> we not broke i, I ain't never that's 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 my challenge <laughs> the, if the money ain't right it's a whole lot I'm not playing but i'm sorry you're not playing you're serious yeah. you're serious well, i mean it's talking about those what are the stressors right and and like Keisha, you said something important where it's an ebb and a flow which it is, right? So it's in those moments of ebb of making sure that, okay, if it is cyclical, cyclical and has a rhythm. Oh, oh hold on. We, we got you. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We're going to take a pause and welcome uh, <laughs> LNFT Nicole Ward to the family. She was, uh, did I trip up? Yeah. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Now you're family. Now you're family. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I love those moments of like, we're human, therapists are human. But really being able to look at that that rhythm, sometimes people get afraid, but if you're able to identify like, oh, no, we do have an ebb and a flow, how do you want to handle each each moment? Like, how do you want to show up when it is an ebb? How do you want to show up during flow? And knowing that it's coming back is different to feel like, okay, the ocean has dried up completely. That's very different than recognizing that there is a pattern to it. And being able to identify what's contributing to that pattern, right? Are there stressors that are contributing to that pattern? Is it something that you need to, you know, address? Or is it, I mean, life happens, right? Life does happen. And how are you going to have the conversation around it? Because even when you two started out, right? It's like, oh, sex, oh, intimacy, right? Being able to describe which one it is, if it's both, you know, what do you consider sex? What do you consider intimacy? what does that look like for you? Because a lot of times we don't necessarily have these discussions. We just get into romantic relationships. We start having sex. We, you know, become intimate and we think, okay, everybody has the same definition. We don't. Hmm. Absolutely not. We start having sex, then become intimate. Shall? Hmm. Revelation. (laughs) So what is, so what what it, how did you feel or how do you feel doing those lows um, like what do you feel about me during those lows honestly like you said um was it our last episode like if i'm in a if i'm in a funk you automatically make it about you if we're in an ebb i automatically make it about me like what am i not doing like what is it because i look this way you know it all the things run through your head as a woman like is it me? What did I do? That kind of thing. So I don't necessarily put it on you or think anything about you. Hmm. It's basically about me. I think for me, it's, it's, it's one of those things I just tuned out. Like if I'm, if I'm stressed about other things that have, that can have very serious impact on our family, Hmm. our finances, my career, I don't know how to balance. I don't know how to, I don't know how to turn it off until it's fixed Mm. to that other thing is either fixed or removed. And it's not about withholding anything from you. I'm just like, I ain't nothing going to happen. Like until this other thing is resolved, 
I don't know how to, I don't know how to workload balance that. Um, when it, when it comes to me being stressed out. Is that fix common? Me. No, fix stop me. it. Stop. Okay. Is that common where men are like, okay, my job is stressing me out. I cannot afford you the attention right now. Yes, it is. It is common. Um, the challenge is, is that because of, again, stereotypes, right? That it's like, oh, there must be something wrong with me. Oh, there's something wrong with my relationship, right? And then what you just mentioned, Keisha, oh, there's something wrong with me, right? Because the stereotype being that male identified persons are supposed to always want to have sex, right? And that is not true. As a human being, there's going to be moments where you're tired, where you're cranky, where you might, you know, have other things, you're too stressed, whatever it might be. So it's really being able to talk about and learning one another, right? First yourself, being able to check in with yourself, like, oh, these are the things that kind of impact my desire mm -hmm. or impact my arousal level or impact me wanting to even spend time with my partner, right? And then being able to share so that you you know those moments and know that there's there's nothing wrong with you. Cause that's, the, that's the one of the things that happens is then that message kicks in. And if you're not talking to anybody, then it, it takes hold. It's like, oh, there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with me. Okay, well, I don't have time to, to fix it. Let me just keep moving. Oh, there's still something going on. When it's like, oh, I'm stressed right now. Okay, stress impacts my desire. I know this about myself. Let me share this with my partner. Share. Come on, say the share one more time, really loud. Share it with your partner. But it's, but it's, but it's difficult, and I don't know how you were raised, Derek, but were you raised to share your feelings? Was I, say it again? Were you raised to, to share your feelings? No, nah, not really. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like your mom wanted you guys to, like, talk and stuff like that. Maybe your <laughs> your communication with your dad was a little bit different than with your mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my, my dad is old school and his dad was older school. Like they mm -hmm. really didn't have conversations. And then he lost his father. My dad lost his father's, his father before he became a father. So as an adult, he never had the guidance, though it was kind of, you know, not there in terms of being vocalized while his father was alive. And we, and we had that conversation and it was really good to understand his perspective, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I I feel a tremendous pressure to figure things out all day, every day, right? Even on my job, um, I'm at a level where it's not a lot of us. Um, for a while, it was me in a room, you know, me or, you know, a couple of others that looked like me in a room full of others. And I felt like I always, it felt like I had to interview for my job every day mm. with other people, you know, that looked apart or, um, had common characteristics with, you know, <laughs> the decision makers were afforded more opportunities. And I probably did take that out, like without talking about it, just being frustrated that I had to deal with that at work and then come home and see something that I think is not the way it should be. It will kind of trigger me a little bit. Or a lot of it. And trigger us like not being able to communicate I guess like we would feed off each other's energy kind mm -hmm. of thing at the time so I don't know I don't know how to how do you help the spouse that you see mm. is having issues and they don't want to talk about it that's my thing like how do I because I can't make the man talk obviously um it's a great question 
Mm-hmm. I'll be asking good questions. <laughs> That's a great question. But is is being able to be curious and asking one another when in those moments, right? Like, how do you how do you want me to support you? And you can you don't have to wait for the moment. You can talk when there isn't one of those moments. Like when when I see things, how do you want me to approach you? And is it going to be like a rule for every single time? No, but at least you you know, right? Like because as you keep mentioning, Keisha, you can feel the energy. And as a as a marriage and family therapist, we study like um, family systems, and y- you guys are a system. So even as a couple, you're as a parent, and then as a whole unit with you guys and the kids, this is a system. And when the two of you, your dyad, that system. You're going to feed and respond and react sometimes to what's going on with the other. So being able to even share or say, hey, I don't feel like sharing. You want to create space in your relationship for that to be okay, too. But mm-hmm. where you do ask, how, how can I support you? Because you two don't have to fix each other's everything. You, you don't have to do that, right? <laughs> you, but it's being able to say, how can I support? Because there's going to be a lot of things that you might not be able to resolve. And you don't want to create that feeling of helplessness in, in your relationship. Is there anything wrong with something not being resolved? Is, nope. is, is, is hmm. So uh, one of the methods that I practice is, um, is the Gottman method. And so Dr. John Gottman and his wife, Julia, they've studied and now it's probably over 6,000, 7,000 couples uh, in their, in their lab in Seattle. And what he, what they have found is that 92% of conflict is perpetual, Hmm. meaning that it's ongoing. So you want to really think of things in a different way. So don't look at, many times, and this is how we're taught, to look at things linear or dichotomous, right? We either have a problem or we don't. Instead of it being like, oh, okay, this might be different circumstance, but this feels familiar. How do we how do we make it through that before? Oh, let's try to apply it here, right? And not using it as a, oh, this came up again, so there's something wrong with our relationship. It came up again because you're in the same relationship with the same person. And again, <laughs> it's looking at how you two as a team, the two of you against whatever it is, can look towards being able to cope with it, accept it, or in some cases, yes, perhaps resolve it. But a lot, most conflict isn't is, is going to be ongoing. So think of it as a spiral. Hmm. That's good stuff. And I, I I think I was thinking the opposite. Like th- that was attached to my definition of a peaceful home, mm-hmm. where there's not conflict. That there's not like why we continuously not agreeing on these things. But clearly, some things aren't meant to be agreed on. Agreed on. And it's how you manage conflict. Yeah. Right? Is relationships absent conflict aren't necessarily healthy. It's how you manage the conflict that does argue. come up, and when come, when it comes up, it's how you argue. Yes. Mm-hmm. How, how do I mean? What, how do you? <laughs> that that just seems that seems like one of the most far fetched mm-hmm. theories to me. And in all honesty, I haven't studied it in detail, but like, how do you argue with? What does that even look like? Is it just setting ground rules or? 
It can be. You, it's the two of you figuring that out. But there can be ground rules. There can be, like, this is what's too far. It's also giving each other an opportunity to take a break, right? I don't know about you two, but I remember growing up and hearing different people in relationships, like the adults around me. And one of those, not from all of them, but definitely from the ones that are part of the silent generation, mm-hmm. like, oh, you don't go to bed angry. And it's like, wow, that's a lot night. of pressure. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be up all night because right now I'm, I'm angry, right? Instead of recognizing, especially now as a therapist, sometimes you need to go to bed angry so that you can sleep and get that reset. And then you actually see things differently once you've had some rest versus yeah. you're gonna you're tired and you're still trying to resolve this thing that might not be able to be resolved so it's looking at how the two of you define a peaceful home and what does that look like because it does i i will admit whenever i'm like oh it's how you argue that sounds so fluffy and lofty yeah. and right but it, it is it's looking at what the ground rules are what is hitting below the belt what are the you know the off limits uh, type of things to do and looking at again with with through Gottman's research he looks at four uh, relationship toxins or he also calls them the four horsemen of the apocalypse which mm-hmm. is if there's contempt uh, coming into the relationship when you're arguing if there's criticism in the arguments if there's defensiveness in the arguments or if there's what's called stonewalling and stonewalling is n- um, not just saying oh hey I need a moment and, you know, moving away is really that you feel like you're talking to a stone wall. And uh-huh. it's not that, oh, okay, now your relationship's over if these enter into it. It's like when they do, how do you move them out? How do you learn to be less defensive? How do you learn to criticize a little bit less? How do you learn to, you know, even if you want it, because contempt can show up in our expression sometimes too. And how do you keep a straight face and not do a side eye? or an eye roll, perhaps it's like, you know, I'm going to take a little walk outside and being able to give yourself that space to do that all you want, right? And then come back to it. And how do you not stonewall? How do you turn towards your partner if needed? Or say, you know what? I really just need a moment and allowing people to have those moments. Because you can take breaks during arguments. You got to allow them to have the moment. When Keisha's ready to talk about something, talk. she just starts talking about the thing. And I'm like, I don't even, this is from three weeks ago. I don't even Listen, know. It's been building you're... up for all the three weeks. I generally, I don't like confrontation. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. most things I just take, I absorb it and we continue to move on. But then there's always the point where it's like, all right, bro. The interesting thing, <laughs> one of the, what you were in the most interesting piece for me about what you just said is the the conversation around what is too far. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think we had that conversation because I don't, I didn't think we needed to because I, it's never come to where I disrespect. I never called out her name, never, never put my hands on her, mm-hmm. never insinuated that I was going to do that. And I thought that was enough. Like, thought, don't, like, mm-hmm. don't do that. And you're cool. But we never talked about other than that, which were the understood things. Like, like what's respect too far? in the argument. Like I remember, like if he's watching the TV and I'm trying to talk to him, World War Three is about to happen. Like, can you just no, <laughs> look at me? Well, see, but let's be clear: the World War Three is all on you. I'm I just, I'm, I, I was just gonna keep looking at the TV because what I'm not gonna do is be yelling and screaming and miss my show. Even not yelling, stop! Not <laughs> <and miss your show. laughs> 
But not, I, I knew I knew that was a trigger because yeah. I like I can I can look through you and mm-hmm. I can claim that I was in the moment I was present. I was paying I attention. Wasn't, I wasn't. So what I mean, let's I mean, this is what we I do. heard a really good tip but, from my, my parents when they are in an argument or a heated situation. They have like this special word and they just yell out the word like they go donut and the conversation stops. We're not talking about it anymore. Like whatever word you want to pick. I thought that was funny, but it makes sense to me now. Like, yeah, we should probably have a, a safe word so we could just stop and move on. No? Safe word is do it my way. <laughs> That's the best way to do it. Um, so That's like, a great tip, Keisha. Okay. Yeah. What, so I, we, I use that with couples. They have a word. And once that word is said, then just talk to Yeah. So what typically happens on these uh these podcasts? These are conversations that we've never actually had with each other. Right. Like we don't script anything. So I'm interested in, like, what did I miss that was too far that we never discussed? Mm. Like for far. you, whether I did it or not, like, like the the hands on calling oh. out your name, even yelling real crazy. Like what but other? We never yelled at each other. I don't believe. Not at the same time. Oh, well, we yelled. We don't be yelling. Happy Gallon. The disclaimer is Keisha comes from a loud family. They so just they're thinks- just loud. <laughs> just and loud. loud for me is like I want to get away from loud. I don't want loud a lot of times. So for me, I can't once the once the conversation goes to a certain decibel, you've already lost me. Like I can't be heated at this at this temperature. I need to raise it up just a little bit so you know I'm serious. Yeah. And he needs me to discuss at I can't discuss. The point is to have the conversation, yes. not not for everybody to hear it. That's my thing. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, she 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 that dynamic was different, and these are things that we definitely didn't discuss before we got married, and then once we were in it, again, it was one of those things where I was like, I, I'm just gonna either get away from it or not deal with it mm-hmm. as a means of dealing with it. Um, yeah. hmm. So what I mean, I was just asking the for ignore me, the ignore me part, you? child. Don't ignore me. Okay. I like that. Okay. What about me? What's too far for me? My octave, octave level. Yeah, I mean, just the um, loud. loud you gonna lose me? Cause I, cause I know if I respond in kind, it's gonna go somewhere where it just it's not gonna be helpful at all. Mm. The screaming match. Now, and even even, even with men, again? I don't do that. Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Unaware. Yeah, you are not. A, she she was not, not aware of her tone at all times. I'm such a nice person, though. Mm. <laughs> okay. Well, you you guys actually, I'll point out what you just did. You know the communication patterns, and a lot of the times those do develop from the families that we grew up in, right? Yeah. So for you, Derek, you're like, okay, I, you even said, you know, Keisha's family might speak at a, a different tone or a different volume right and so it's like okay knowing that and being able to is really really hard depersonalize it a bit right if if you know that about your partner and then even accepting where it's like okay I know that this is how you know I grew up this way and you grew up this way what do we want to bring into our marriage what do we want to bring into our household how do we want to show up together yeah. um, my husband and i did premarital we didn't do therapy we did coaching um, because we were on different in different states at the time 
And with that being said, that was one of the first things that was asked is how do you two want to show up? And one of the things that we both agreed on is that we want to be kind. Love that. What kind do you want to be? I want to be kind to you. <laughs> the kind that does things my way, not like. <laughs> um, something I should have asked early on, but what? When I made the joke, well, I wasn't really joking about you telling you to fix me, mm-hmm. but you said I don't fix people, and that makes sense. What is your mission as a therapist? Like, what is what is your when you show up every day? What is your intent? as a therapist? I'm a guide and a holder of space, right? So being able to, and when I say guide, it's not putting you in the direction that I think you need to go in. It's a direction that you want to be flowing in. And I'm just going to be there to make sure you don't go off any edge, right? And it's really being able to help discover what it is that you need for your healing and growth. And being able to do it that way because it's not about me that yeah. that space is all about either the individual or the couple that is in there and i don't How believe long... that people are broken so that's why i also say fix you know we get <laughs> we dis- get we get disconnected from our wholeness right and i say disconnected because it's still there we just need to reconnect to it i love that i am disconnected from my wholeness today what if I said, what would you, how would you feel if I said that? I would understand what you were saying. I would probably, probably would. giggle a little bit, but you then we, <laughs> I'd understand, would. yes. How, how long do, you, do, you, do your typical therapist-client relationships last? Do people commit to the process? Yeah, definitely. Does it, I'm sure it varies, but I guess if you had to. Quantify it. Oh, I'm sorry. You ain't going to be knowing me on this podcast in front of this. <laughs> You don't know me the whole night, but but yeah, what it what, what is it what does it look like? 50, it depends. 50. It can go from six months to maybe a few years. It's really about what um, people come in to work on, and honestly, sometimes couples come in for one thing, and they're able to move through that. I know Michelle Obama talked about her and the president's relationship as knots that they were able to untangle some knots. So people might untangle one knot and then find, oh, wait, there's another one. We want to untangle that now as well. And it's really being able to do that and, you know, seeing, but from six months, because I've seen some couples that's for six months and then others where it has been a few years. It just really depends upon what it is that they want in their relationship and just remembering that instead of it just being an individual, because I work with adult individuals as well where once you're an adult, you're not just learning things, there's stuff that you have to unlearn as well. So think about that when you're in your relationship, that now it's two of you learning or unlearning things as well. Mm. You were just talking about that for your, was it for your other podcast a couple of weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Some of the things you had to unlearn. Ciao. Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, you had another question? Mm-mm, go ahead. What, um, so now this is where I flip it. Okay. What what have you learned about yourself since you've been a therapist? That's a great question. I'd be really having great questions. He's amazing. I really do. I just want to point yeah, that out. And that's, and that's actually a question that I have never been asked, which is, is that's awesome. So this is going to um, be the clip. I'm, I'm telling you now, this is going to be the clip, so make it shine. <laughs> make it shine. A lot about myself. I've learned that I I actually really am comfortable in silence. 
um, I've learned that I, I really, um, this hat is a calling that has been really something that I learned throughout the 16 years now that I've been seeing clients is that I really am curious just about people. Um, so it's not just about helping, but really being able to see that I am a curious person and that there's something about really um, being able to hold that process. So I'm humbled by that. That's, that's something else is that the therapist is actually also changed by the relationship. So I've learned that I can be um, quite flexible at times and think on my feet <laughs> uh, when, when needed as, mm. as well. So a lot of different things. Um, I guess I don't have just one answer for that because I'm still processing and thinking like, wow, so thanks, Derek. That's something that I'm like, oh, wow, I'm going to talk to my other clinicians well, and friends with. And hold on. Yes. Let me, let me, let me uh, get my copyright started on that. We're going to put some parameters on that. Um, were you were you a therapist when you got married? Yes, I, I was a therapist when I got married. Um, I, I, this is actually my second career. I'm a licensed attorney in California. Uh, so, <laughs> so with that, this, that's why I said that was career. This is calling. Um, and now I, I actually work with different organizations consulting as well. But when I got married, I was a, a therapist um, already. But honestly, <laughs> I'm human. So, yeah. uh, you know, I allow myself, that's one of the things, actually, that's one of the things that I've learned about being a therapist too, is making sh sure that you have that switch. So I'm not a therapist in my marriage. Hmm. I this show up so as Nicole. Scratch that question off. <laughs> not a therapist. Yeah. I, 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 um, I had a conversation with um, Dr. Yardan Shabazz and his wife is a Psychologist, psychologist, psychologist. Mm -hmm. and he was talking about the benefits of it. I was just wondering what that dynamic is like. I know they're not the same, but so you do can you ask think for the therapist that day? Can I get the therapist? You do you think wife? your professional training helps more than it hurts your marriage? That's a great question. I'm two for two. Um... I, I really do this. I'm actually a podcaster, Nicole. <laughs> do try to separate the professional part from it but mm -hmm. when it so it can be a double-edged sword so there can be times where it helps right and there can be other times where it, it can hurt I, yeah. I mean and I'll, I'll disclose here which is funny is that my husband's actually a, a coach he's an agile coach he's a software designer by trade but he coaches like technology teams so a lot of the language, like when I was talking about Gottman and the toxins, he, he understands that language too. So we can be, we can be fun together when we're, we're talking about things. And so there are times where both of our training, it does show up. Um, and there are other times where, you know, I, he doesn't need to be a coach and I don't need to be a therapist. So something as simple as me saying, oh, and how do you feel about that? Even though I don't say that in therapy, <laughs> Um, if I say that sometimes within my marriage, it, it starts to feel a little therapy-ish, right? Yeah. Like, like, oh, you're being a therapist now, or um, the kids might even say, okay, we don't want to be therapized. But right. so it's just remembering that even if I'm not, my language sometimes might come across that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, ha I have that problem, not from a therapist standpoint, but I, because I'm a leader at work, I have expectations. Yeah. Like... 
And I and I've scaled them back. I have scaled them back. Okay. I just want Keisha to use Outlook. I don't want to. She don't. She don't. She it's her appointments have to be written down, and it's <laughs> we're gonna fix that. I'm we're very gonna, analog. We're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna get to that. She has all her devices around her, but has to write down appointments. You two sound like <laughs> my husband because I have an online uh, system that I have where I schedule my clients' uh, sessions and stuff, and. I have a notebook so that love when we notebook. I, I love a good notebook. This fight is real. I, 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 I jot down. I have an appointment. So the notebook has the appointments in there, yes. um, you know, that are written down because your mind actually encodes things differently when you, you write it. Yeah. But, uh, but I do, I do understand that. So you have to develop a switch there. Right. Yeah, I'm just saying, write it, write it on your iPad. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I've started, I've started like five or six of those those pretty notebooks, the hardcover that mm -hmm. you carry around, you look important and you flip through back to March. And, what I, happened. and I, I just keep starting. And I get like three pages and right, I hate and it. Done. At this point, my handwriting is so bad. Sorry, it's babe. not helpful. Okay. But if you could just accept the meeting I'll do notice, I'll do we'll put, uh, I'm going to put sex on the calendar. Okay. I'm playing. Yes. I'm playing. No, that's a no. thing. Is that, is that I was going to ask about that, but I don't, I don't, I don't I see how that is. works. You should schedule it. Damn. It's got to be a feeling. We just got to get our feeling right. Well, <laughs> it's up to the couple, right? But what I'm going to share with you two is maybe you need to shift your thinking around scheduling because when you dated before you lived together, you had to make an appointment to date. So did. Can you recommend somebody that's going to call Keisha out? <laughs> so we can schedule Babe, I feel called out too. <laughs> I do. I'm receiving for somebody for somebody that didn't see any of the emails. Y'all sure got a connection. <laughs> I tell you that. I tell you that much. Um, LMFT Nicole Ward. This has been a pleasure. It has been helpful. I yeah, joke sure. around, but it, it has been very, um, very helpful. Uh, before we close, any parting words and let the people know how they can find Argue, you. Yeah. They, we're from Virginia, so some people um, from Virginia would definitely be be watching this. What, what part of Virginia can you, or can you say? Oh, yeah. So my office is in Fairfax um, County. So That's where you work. There. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> there you go. And yeah, so, so Fairfax is actually where my, my office is, Northern okay. Virginia. Um, right now I'm virtual and I'm still licensed in California, so I work with people in California and Virginia. Ah, um, Texas but... is out. Dang it. <laughs> oh, so is this legal? Can, can you can you say what you just said to us? Yeah, yeah. Like, because I'm it's not I'm therapy. Playing, I'm, so playing, it's, it's... <laughs> I'm playing. I do have a friend that just got licensed in Texas, though. So, oh, um, share that with us. I, I, I definitely will. So it is um, just being able to, I wanted to thank you both for what you're not only just for having me as a guest, but for what you're doing, because this is one of the things is that we, it's not about not being private because you can be private, but sometimes we hold such secrecy around relationships and around marriage that we really get trapped in what's abnormal, what's normal, what's wrong with me, what's wrong with us. And really you're giving an opportunity for people to see, okay, well, there's not anything wrong, right? Relationships go through these different phases and stages. And how do we navigate them, right? And that it is a series of endings and beginnings, but it doesn't have to be with a different person. It might be within the same relationship that you have those endings and beginnings. So just really wanting to thank you guys for sharing. Oh, <laughs> we appreciate you. Yay. 
So how can people find you if they want to? Uh, sure. So Soul Compass Therapy is the the website. And then I'm a podcaster with my co-host, Dr. Dina Scott. We have a podcast, Be Well, Be Love, I mean, Be Love, Be Well, Be Whole. And it is all about all the things that make us whole. And then you can find me at Nicole lmft12 that's my handle on facebook and on instagram love that in the episode in either march or april it's a monthly podcast right yes yeah they was talking about the sex oh i listened to that i was like well ain't nothing's off limits on what we gonna talk about i had to <laughs> i had to turn it down in a couple of places oh, like, wait a minute wait a minute i'm here um, for it <laughs> Yeah, so we bring on different people that, um, so not just experts, we we bring on everyone. So it's not just- Y'all had the sex toy lady on there. Yes, that's who we had. Yeah. I said, wait a minute. You ain't called me in the room. That's why I turned it off, because I felt felt like I was cheating listening to it without you. I said, oh, okay. This this is what the uh, salon is like? Okay. Okay. Um. It's, like I said, it's been a great time. We appreciate you. Yeah, we we appreciate, really appreciate you it. acknowledging what we're doing. We're just sharing. That's what we are. Yeah. Like it, you know, it reaches who it reaches. And those are the people that are supposed to hear it. We want more people to hear it. So we're going to stay the course. Uh, do you have anything else? Just thank you. We appreciate all of your knowledge, your tips, and I have been uh, educated oh here gosh. as well, sir. It's not all about you. It was a, it was, it was a soft wig snatch for you. Uh, <laughs> completely ball over here but let's address the listeners right quick so if you're listening on the audio platform please make sure you're following us if you're listening on the audio platform and you made it to this point now go watch the youtube video because you missed a whole lot of the emotion just listening to it uh for those that did enjoy the visual experience on youtube we appreciate you um make sure you are subscribed and you click the notification bell so that you're aware analytics don't match up people are watching not subscribed and we see you we know who you are and the people that are subscribed all y'all ain't watching so let's get with it man well, i don't want to have to keep saying this if this is your first time coming into contact with our content we appreciate you we don't take it for granted um every moment invested in listening is highly appreciated and don't forget to comment y'all yeah comment get busy in the comments yeah. other than that uh we appreciate you guys. God bless you. Peace. Thank you so much. I want to scream so loud. Yeah, I'm talking to happiness like sitting in grass fields watching sunsets. Two of my arms here. You by my side. Do you remember your vows? The one thing, the truth, the truth for your smile. That's what I live for. Love gave us a voice. We made it through. The Healthy Marriages Dope podcast is produced by D. John's Live Studios. All rights reserved. To my writer's block My commitment to you means more than my right to stop So when bad thoughts set my mind I'ma just fight them off Let God get his praise It's art that we make Flowmates with silhouettes in the shade He painted our features with colors More than a photograph in the frame Let's slide to the sun Yeah, let's go to the flames Hey yo, you sickness and health Riches are broke Yeah, yeah, healthy marriage is dope Let's work in our dreams Let's heal through our growth Yeah, yeah, help me.